Well, hello again, everyone. This is Nurse Mo, and as always, I'm super excited to be talking with you today. Those of you that have been listening for a while might know that I record every six weeks. So I do a whole batch of recording, and I do six recordings all at once. But I only do it every six weeks. So even though you hear me every Thursday, I feel like I don't get to chat with you any more than every six weeks. And I miss you guys. So I'm always super excited to be here in my studio saying hi and giving listener shout outs and talking about nursing school stuff. So let's do our listener shout out, you guys. You guys know I love doing these. I love talking about how amazing you are and how much I appreciate you all listening to the podcast. We recently hit a huge milestone of 3 million downloads, which is just amazing to me. And we couldn't have made it there without all of you. So keep sharing the love, keep sharing the podcast with your classmates. Let's get to 5 million. Okay, let's get there soon. Because I feel like I need a really good reason to go buy a new expensive purse or something. (laughs) So I think that would warrant it. Okay, so our listener shout out goes out to Kristen, who has an amazing story to share. So Kristen says, I was a master's entry student at Johns Hopkins in their accelerated MSN program. I graduated, passed the NCLEX, and now work in the pediatric ICU. I used this podcast every step of the way to refresh, review, and to help mix up my study plan so I could be out and walking around or productive on my commute. The service NurseMo offers is invaluable, and I want to personally thank you and suggest that everyone and anyone who hasn't yet check out her podcast. I have been a student tutor for the past three years, and it is challenging to explain these concepts in as much clarity, simplicity, and thoroughness as NurseMo does. Her podcast has served me through every level of my education. Even when concepts are geared more toward entry nurses, it's a great review. I will continue to listen as I continue my work in the ICU and continue on as a CRNA. Thanks again, Nurse Mo. Thank you, Kristen, for being such a fan and being so dedicated to listening to the podcast. I love that it got you up from your desk and that it helped your commutes be productive because oftentimes we view a long commute as a waste of time that really, if you use that time well, a commute can actually work really well in your favor. So congrats on getting a job in the PICU. That's super cool. And for your future plans for CRNA, I absolutely love that. Okay, you guys. So we're talking about clinicals during COVID. And a lot of you are back to in-person clinicals. And a lot of you are back to in-person clinicals and hybrid clinicals. Some of you aren't back at all. There's a lot of range. So I wanted to find out what students were experiencing. So I put a survey up in my Facebook group, Thriving Nursing Students Facebook group. And if you're not a member, come join us. It's amazing. There's some really, really helpful and kind and encouraging and fabulous students there. 
And so I put the survey up to ask people, what's your COVID clinical experience? And holy moly, super eye-opening for me. And just the other day at work, so this is just kind of related, one of my coworkers went to take a patient somewhere. I work in the PACU right now, so she was taking a patient out of the PACU to wherever they had to go. And when she came back, she came coming into the unit. She said, I saw students. I saw students. And she was so excited to see students. And she went up to them, and she asked them what semester they were and said, I'm so glad to see you guys. I'm so glad you guys are back. So absolutely, those of you that are back in clinical, I'm so excited that you're back as well. As you will hear from what I'm about to share with you, not everybody is as welcoming and excited to see students as my friend was. Um, She and I both love students, so I totally got where she was coming from. So give this one a listen. Even if you're not in clinicals yet, it can kind of give you an idea of maybe what you're stepping into, or, you know, maybe you're in clinicals and you're thinking that you're having a total singular experience. You might hear that other people are going through the same things that you are. So again, you know, some programs are doing hybrid clinicals. That seems like most places maybe that I, you know, where I got students to respond to the survey, doing hybrid clinicals. So some in-person and some simulation, some other alternative clinical activities. Um, Some schools are, yes, allowing students to care for COVID patients, It just really, it just is all over the board. There was one school where the students were only assigned COVID patients. So that's different. And then um, some schools where no clinical at all. And of course, with no clinical, no patients of any kind. The general consensus with, you know, how clinicals might be structured and the type of patients they might be giving students is, you know, vaccination requirements for the facility itself, the hospital, that can come into play for the school, that can come into play. Enough PPE is definitely an option. How um, staffed the units are, if they're short-staffed, they're probably not going to be able to accept students. If the nurses are busy training a bunch of new uh, hires, then that unit is probably not going to be able to take students etc, etc. If the hospital is just super full and super, you know, kind of in crisis management mode, they're probably not going to be taking students. But I hope the vast majority of you are getting to go to clinicals of some kind. So I heard from, you know, a lot of students missed out on clinicals. So I had one student tell me she's in an accelerated BSN program. And her program started in January which means she's either graduating in December or maybe the following spring. But most ABSNs are 12 months. It's just a really intense 12 months. And she has had eight total clinical days, and they weren't even full days. So, and many students have had less than that. So when I think about how much clinical I did, you know, way back, um, eight days is not enough to even feel anywhere near comfortable doing anything with patients. So for those of you that aren't getting a lot of hours, I feel for you and I totally understand the trepidation you have about what it's going to be like when you get out there and are practicing under your own license, right? So I saw things like that. Another theme that came up a lot was that clinicals feel less 
organized overall. And this is due to a lot of last minute changes and reactions to COVID patient surges of, you know, lots of inpatients coming in. There's also lots of travelers on the units. So there are less staff nurses and the travelers may not be taking students. So that can severely limit the clinical opportunities. And the other theme that I kind of saw was with a lot of nurses, a lot of nurses left, you guys, they got burned out and there was nothing left to refill that cup. So a lot of experienced nurses left the bedside and now there's a lot of newer nurses on the unit. Well, they're still learning the ropes, so they're not going to be ready to take students and feel like they can teach effectively because honestly, they've got their hands full with their patient load and learning how to do the job themselves. So it's just, it's a difficult time right now, but for those of you that are in clinical, I'm super excited for you. We're going to make the most of these hours, right? And if you're in my hospital where I work, I'm super excited that you're there and I hope to see you in the hallways. Okay, so I asked several questions and what I did was I pulled out the answers that just really resonated and represented um, the student experience, I thought, in a very impactful way. So I'm going to read through some of those and talk about some of them, okay? So I don't know how long this episode is going to be. It could potentially get up there. So the first question I asked, because I really wanted to know, is how has COVID impacted how you feel about clinical? Because for the most part, students in nursing school are jazzed about clinical, right? That's where it happens. It's the fun part. So what I saw with clinical and how COVID impacts that is that many students reported feeling really frustrated. Lots of talk of frustration with clinicals and primarily what I saw across the board was a lack of hands-on experience, just not getting that hands-on experience. And so many, so many students said they felt that they're just going to be awful nurses when they graduate and, you know, expressing concern that they're going to be really behind or even judged for their lack of experience with hands-on skills. And I know that one of the reasons students get so excited about clinical is because you're going to get your hands on some patients, right? You're going to get your hands on some medical equipment, and it's great to get that practice and grow that confidence. If you can use the lab to practice your hands-on skills, because you know, you know, if you're, hopefully your school is opening up the lab to have some more lab hours and open lab hours, if you can get in there Use that time to practice your hands-on skills. When you're working as a new nurse, you're going to learn those hands-on things really quickly, okay? I promise. I know it feels, and it will feel hard because you're going to be learning a lot of hands-on skills all at once, but I promise you, you can learn to dress a wound. You can learn to insert a catheter. You can learn how to put in an IV or put in an NG tube or what have you. You can learn that. I could teach you that in a morning, okay? And you would be good at it by the mid-afternoon. I promise you that. What you can really focus on in clinical, if you're not getting hands-on people as much or not getting an opportunity to do skills because there just aren't enough hours and there's just not the opportunities present, 
What you could really focus on at that time is your patient assessment skills and developing that ability to notice changes in condition. That is key. That is not something I can teach you in a morning, okay? That is something that develops over time by seeing a lot of patients, assessing a lot of patients, paying attention and noticing. It's all about the hypervigilance. It's all about knowing what could go wrong and being hyper acutely aware of that. So you're like hunting for it almost, watching for it with every interaction. Work on that. Your patient may not need an IV place today. Your patient may not need a Foley catheter or a wound dressed or an NG tube or any of that. But I can tell you what they do need, an assessment and somebody watching out for them. And you can 1000% do that. I also want you to focus on developing really solid safety habits with your medication administration, with mobilizing your patients, bulletproofing your patient. I talk about that. I've got a download for that, and I'll include the link in the show notes about bulletproof your patient. Make them uh, as risk-free as you possibly, possibly can. When you're with your patients, when you're working with your nurse, think about the plan of care and how it's implemented. Again, what are you watching out for with this patient? What things are we doing to intervene for this patient? What are they at risk for? What are we doing about it? And I'm not just talking about, you know, those convoluted nursing diagnoses. Okay, you guys, I know you learn them. Some schools aren't even teaching them anymore because... They're just, this is my pet peeve about them. They took something that is not that complicated and made it intentionally complicated. Like, for example, the nursing diagnosis for someone who's overweight is imbalanced nutrition more than body requirements. How about we just say Nurse Mo takes in too many calories? Because that would probably be true and super easy to understand, right? So this is just my huge pet peeve about nursing diagnoses. So I'm not saying when you're working with your patient, you're thinking about all these convoluted nursing diagnoses. I'm thinking about their problems. What problem does this patient have? Are they short of breath? Are they too tired to get out of bed? Are they in pain? Are they at risk for aspiration? Are they at risk for falls? Could they have a pulmonary embolism because I think they may have a DVT because they just got off that really long flight, et cetera, et cetera. What are their problems? And when you take away that mental barrier of having to construct it in NANDA nursing diagnosis language, it makes it so much more accessible and actionable. So I know you may have to use those for your care plans, but when you're in the hospital and working with patients, you're not going to be thinking it in those words. Think about their real world problems and what you as the real world nurse would do about them. Okay. So when you go into your rooms and you see your patients, I don't want you to look at that person as tasks or skills that you get or don't get to do. Okay. You can't control what procedures or 
medical devices or what have you that a patient will need. So you you have no control over this. You got to kind of let that one go. Look at that patient and their disease condition and think about their physiologic problems they have and what you're going to do about it. Because what do nurses do? And I say this to you guys all the time. Nurses see problems, they fix problems. You see it, you fix it. You anticipate it, you avoid it. That's it. That's your job 1000%. And it all comes down to noticing the problem even exists. And that stems from fantastic assessment skills. Your assessment skills are the number one thing you should be practicing in clinical. You got that? Okay. Because then you're going to go to the hospital and I'm going to teach you how to do all the hands-on stuff in one really busy morning and you'll be fine. I promise. Okay. So some students stated that they felt really scared, felt a heightened sense of stress, and even dreading going to clinicals because of fear of covid. So I I was I I know exactly how you're feeling. I was right there with you. I worked in a hospital during I mean this whole time and initially yeah, freaked out to go to work, not really sure. You know, there were so many unknowns. So many things that we weren't sure of, not enough PPE, like it got kind of sketchy there for a bit, right? I have to say, knowing how to use your PPE, knowing how to put it on properly, knowing how to take it off properly, using really good hand hygiene, those are going to be the key things that keep you safe. And you get used to it, okay? Um, It gets easier because you get more comfortable in that risky environment. As long as you have your protective gear, right, and you're following all the rules, you should feel safe and cared for, okay? So make sure you follow all those procedures. And then, you know, while some students felt scared, other students were really angry, at the situation that they find themselves in, um, really angry at the limitations that COVID has placed on their clinical experiences. And yes, you have a huge right to be angry about that. You had a lot of your education taken away from you. Um, I remember when the pandemic was first starting, like very first starting, I was listening to radio program or something. And the person on the program said, every single person will have their lives affected in some way. And at that time, I was like, really? Because, you know, honestly, what 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 does my life consist of? I go to work, I work on the podcast, I work on the website, I see my friends, I walk around by the lake. I thought, really, is my life going to be that affected? Because I kind of live in this, you know... I call it my bubble. <laughs> so I I didn't think it would be that affected. And then quickly realized, oh my gosh, so many parts of my life are affected. So many people have had so much taken from them, right? They've lost loved ones. They've lost careers. They've lost their livelihood, homes. Um, people have devastating uh, you know, illness. They lose their health. People lose their limbs. You've lost a giant portion of your education. Like, yes, we can all be angry about what we have lost from this. So it's okay to be angry. I just want to give you permission to yell about that or scream about that or 
I don't know, punch a pillow or something. But yes, it's okay to be angry about that. With that said, the time that you do get, make the most of it, okay? Just make the most of it and cherish it and treasure it and maximize it as much as you can. A lot of students said that they were feeling a lot of tension on the units and even felt unwelcome. So kind of the opposite of my friend (laughs) running up to the students, so excited to see them, but getting an unwelcome reception. And I mean, the students that wrote, you know, in response to the survey said, I know why they're super stressed. They've got super high patient loads that are really, really sick. They don't have the resources they need. They don't have the time or the desire to teach. I get it. And, you know, students were saying they were less excited about clinicals because of this. And yeah, it can be really hard. So what I'm going to tell you guys, even pre-COVID, like, it wasn't like all nurses loved having students on their floor. I will tell you, students often feel unwelcome often feel ignored. I think it's probably exacerbated now, but I don't want you to think that every student before you got this super warm welcome and had this amazing experience in clinical, it so much depends on the unit you're working on and the nurses that you're working with. And not every nurse likes to teach or is equipped to teach or wants to teach. And so I just don't want you to think, I'm getting an unwelcome reception because of COVID. You might be on a unit that never likes having students. Um, It is exacerbated and it's probably way, way worse than even the worst day pre-pandemic. And it can be hard. It can be hard to feel like nobody wants to teach you. I'm in the way. I'm bothering people. This is when your advocacy skills really are going to come into play. As a nurse, you know you are the patient advocate. I want you to practice by advocating for yourself. Advocate for your education. And if your patient does need something, advocate for them. What is the worst thing that can happen? Somebody ignores you? Somebody walks away while you're mid-sentence? Big deal. Somebody yells at you and says, don't bother me? Big deal. You can handle that, right? It's rude. It's not how you want to be treated. It's not how you deserve to be treated, but you're not going to be physically harmed by that. And if you have the right boundaries, you shouldn't be emotionally hurt by that either. So advocate, advocate, advocate for yourself, for your education, for your patient, okay? Start now and you'll be a rock star at it when it really, really matters, when it's just you and just that patient, I promise you that will be a skill you will rely on a ton in the future. Okay, so students, you know, really worried about hands-on skills. I know watching videos is kind of a joke. One student even said that they saw a meme that had a nurse leaning over a patient saying, don't worry, I saw this done in a video once, and I get it. But if you can, you know, get as much of that input as you can, and then get yourself into the skills lab, you guys. Try to do that as much as possible. If your school doesn't have skills lab, can you ask for them to open up the skills lab? Can you be that advocate for your education in that way? Okay. 
All right. So another thing that I found super interesting was that a couple of students brought up the impact that wearing a mask all shift has. And I didn't really think about this because I guess I've just gotten so used to it at work. And it wasn't so much the physical part of it. It was the psychosocial part of it. They said that it felt less personal. And another student said it made them so much more aware of how they communicated. That therapeutic communication, the words you say, how you say them, take on bigger weight because the person can't see your whole face which does convey a lot of information. So they said that how they spoke, what they said, took on such greater significance. And I just thought that was really, really interesting. So um, yeah, it can be more impersonal. People can't see your face. Occasionally, I will pull my mask down very briefly so that they can see my face and see that I'm a kind, smiling person. Um, you know, from a safe distance, and then um, get on with things. Because yeah, just seeing eyeballs and masks all day from the patient perspective is probably a little bit scary. So I really was proud of those students that took the patient perspective into account with that. And then a huge proportion of the students who are getting to do in-person clinicals said that they realized now what a privilege it is to do in-person clinicals. And there was a lot of bagging on simulated experiences, like not even close, not a replacement, et cetera, et cetera. Sim can be really valuable, right? Um, it can be really valuable in helping you make clinical decisions because in Sim, you know, you're faced with the patient is having a problem, right? They're deteriorating. Something very specific is going on. It does not prepare you for the massive unpredictability of actual humans, right? I'm telling you, if you've got a sim where a patient is having hypotension um, because of, you know, whatever reason, and you go through the simulation and you get through it and you help the patient on an actual human being, whatever, even if they had the exact same issue, it's going to be about a hundred times more complicated because people are unpredictable. Physiology doesn't always act the exact same way in every single person. Not every single situation is the same. How the patient responds to stress may not be the same. So, uh, there could be family members there in the dynamic, a doctor that blows up at everybody or that won't return your calls or the drug not available from the pharmacy or whatever. Like, a million more confounding factors happen in real life. So yes, you can't learn all of that in simulation, but it is good for recognizing something's going on with your patient. Of course, you go into sim, you know, knowing, okay, something's going to be going wrong in here. I'm watching for it. And then identifying what it is and identifying the proper actions cannot take the place of all the unpredictability that goes on with humans and, and just how much problem solving there is at the bedside when you're working with actual people. And, you know, a lot of that's very creative problem solving as well. So definitely not a replacement, but please do recognize that it has some value. Make the most though of your in-person clinicals as much as you can. Spend as much time as you can with patients 
assessing things, noticing, noticing, noticing. Okay. Um, All right. So then the next question I asked was, how has COVID impacted your enthusiasm for nursing? And I got night and day answers here. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of very positive, positive responses, and some that were, you know, not so positive. So several students felt that the pandemic, this environment has confirmed their choice to be a nurse. They want to be out there. They want to be on the front lines helping people. Over and over again, I saw the response of, I've got to get out there. I want to be out there and help. I should be helping. These students have seen their communities suffer. They've seen nurses working so incredibly hard. And a lot of you really want to be there to provide relief to that staff or comfort to those people in the community. And that's very, very good. It's very kind. It's very noble. It's very strong of you. Um, I know a lot of you are going to graduate and are really, really excited to get out there and help. You know, obviously, if that's you, you're probably also the type of person who does not do anything halfway, like your turbo gangbusters go get them. So I just want to caution you a little bit about that. Nursing is harder now than it has ever been. And I know you want to get out there and jump in and help. And I love that about you. But please be mindful of maintaining some balance and your own wellness. Because even the most motivated, even the most driven person can quickly become depleted emotionally, mentally, and physically if you don't take time to renew and rest and find balance with your work in your life. So when you get out there, I don't want you signing up for a ton of overtime, especially when you're brand new. You are going to be learning a lot. The learning curve when you graduate, especially if your clinical hours have been very limited, is going to be immense. Especially if, like I said, clinical time was limited and your orientation is super short, which it very well might be. Give yourself time to process what you learn and what you see at work, okay? You're not going to go lift heavy weights seven days a week, right? What would that do? That would not be good. That's not how you grow muscle. Same way, your nursing brain needs to grow. When you're lifting weights, your body repairs and rebuilds when it's resting, right? When you're learning to be a nurse, your nurse brain (laughs) builds and repairs and grows in that off time. You let things process. You have to do that. Otherwise, you're going to burn out, you're going to be depleted, and you're not going to have the mental space to really process what you've been learning because you're going to be learning so, so much. You thought you learned a lot in nursing school. Wait till you get to work, my friend. Holy cow. But at least you won't have exams every week. You'll just have actual real patients. Okay. On the other side of the spectrum were the students who are now less enthusiastic about nursing. And for the most part, this does not have anything to do with COVID. Um, it had to do with the state of the healthcare system. A lot of responses about that. Many students are seeing burnout that is running so rampant and are really worried that this could happen to them. 
They're seeing how hospitals don't have adequate staffing, how they've forced high patient ratios in some places, not providing pay increases, but then paying travelers huge bonus incentives to come, all of that stuff. So that has made some people kind of go, hmm, do I really want to work in this environment? Not every hospital, not every healthcare, um, you know, like hospital system is like that. So I don't want you to think that it's universal, but it's definitely not uncommon. And a lot of people saw that. One student said that hearing the horror stories of unsafe practices due to limited resources was very scary to them. And yeah, you should be scared by that because it's your license that you must protect at all times. Never, ever forget that, okay? And then another student said they've seen just kind of overall this ever-changing expectation of nurses and the workload that makes them nervous about going into that environment. And I totally see that, absolutely. This is not a new thing, by the way. It is exacerbated now, and there's a spotlight on it, but it is not a new thing for nursing to constantly get more work, more work, more work. Okay, you guys? Um, One of my biggest pet peeves when I was working in the critical care environment, I was probably already a little burned out. So, you know, things were bugging me. And whenever there was like a change or something, the phrase that would put my, just make me grit my teeth was, nursing can just fill in the blank. If there was a process, a problem, the solution all the time was, well, nursing can just do whatever. Nursing can just do this extra step. Nursing can just fill out this extra form. Nursing can just do this other thing. And, you know, if it happens once, fine. If it happens over and over and over again with just about every change, every policy change, every reaction to, you know, uh, like a JCO finding, then yeah, it gets to be a bit of a drain after a while. Recently, uh, there was one thing that came out about a medication, just a change in how a medication is supplied by the pharmacy. And this was a medication that the pharmacy used to mix, and then it would come up in this already done for you little bag, ready to go. And pretty common medication that we use. And we got a notice that as a cost-saving measure, pharmacy is no longer going to mix this medication. Nursing will do it at the bedside. And I'm thinking, this here we are again. Nursing can just mix this at the bedside. And I was just like, this is not, this is not how you phrase this. You do not phrase this as a cost-saving measure. Yeah, it's a cost-saving measure for the pharmacy, but nursing can just is not the answer to everything. So it's not new and it will never go away, probably, but it has definitely been exacerbated by COVID. So students seeing that. Increased workload, increased expectation should make you a little bit nervous because, yeah, um, I've seen it the whole time I've been a nurse. I don't see it changing. It is definitely something that we collectively need to stand up for ourselves about. I also heard some trepidation about what the learning environment will be like when the nurses, you know, those people that are supposed to teach you as a new grad or as a student, are fed up and burned out. So 
Compound this with the fact that most students, most to many students, will be graduating soon with very limited clinical experience. This is a very significant and very real concern. So as you are looking for jobs, definitely want to ask about orientation, what kind of training is available. And I would be very upfront. I had eight clinical days in my entire nursing school education because of COVID. How can the hospital support me to transition into practice? You can ask questions like that, okay? That's being an advocate for yourself, okay? And hopefully you, you know, interview at a hospital that says we have a robust training program. This is how long it is. This is how it's structured. And then you'll know, awesome, this sounds like a place where I would feel supported and could grow as a nurse. And that's what you want, okay? So the next question that I asked was, what has been the biggest challenge you faced with clinicals during COVID. And hands down, the most popular answer here was the lack of clinical hours and that lack of hands-on experience. Many students additionally stated that the constant and often very, very last minute changes to their clinical assignments or their schedule have been really challenging and really frustrating. And to this, I would say, you know, especially if you've got kids or you're caring for someone, have backup plans for your backup plans, okay? No one is trying, like the school, I promise you, is not trying to make clinical more challenging for you. They're not trying to make nursing school more complicated. A lot of this has to do with hospital policies and the very limited number of clinical sites who will even take students right now. I promise you for every single clinical placement your school secures, Someone at your school fought like heck to get that position for you, okay? So there will be changes, and some of them are last minute, and I know it's really hard. So before you even get into it, have backup plans for your backup plan so that you can go to clinical and get the most out of those hours. And I would say that learning to be adaptable and flexible as a nursing student, is another skill that's going to serve you very, very well at the bedside. Another common theme here is, again, students seeing the burnout that nurses are experiencing and the lack of enthusiastic preceptors. Um, I would say give each other some grace with this one. The nurses on the units, I promise you, they're doing their best. Nobody goes to work and wants to do a bad job. Nobody goes to work and wants to be a bad role model for an up-and-coming nurse, right? They're doing the best they can. Chances are they're exhausted. They're depleted. They're drained. And it's unfortunate, but you may not get an enthusiastic preceptor. You may not get the warmest welcome. You have to make the most of what Ever situation you find yourself in. Do not take any of it personally. Advocate for yourself, your education. Get your eyes and your hands and your ears on as many patients as you possibly can. Show your positive work ethic. Show your positive attitude. Try to be helpful. 
if you can, you know, depending on what skills you're able to do and make the most of it. It's rough, but no one ever said it was going to be easy. So, um, and it's good preparation for the job because I promise you the job is about a hundred times harder than you could even begin to imagine how hard it is. So the tougher you get now, it's going to pay you back huge when you're out there working on your own. So, um, with units that have a lot of new nurses or travelers, you know, maybe they're not that uh, well versed in the unit policies and procedures and may not even be taking students. You have to understand that someone who's new to the unit or new to nursing is probably not feeling super sure about their own um, practice, their own skills as well. They're working on those things, right? They're developing those things. So their focus has to be on their patients, right? On them providing safe care. And if they don't have the bandwidth to also teach you, well, their priority is their patients, right? Can you do something to lighten their load that helps them out, that would maybe free them up a little bit? For example, could you go and take all the vital signs on the patients? You know, maybe you can't go into the COVID rooms, but could you go into a bunch of the other rooms and and take vital signs? I promise you by the end of that morning, you're a superstar at getting vital signs on people. Can you go and take people's blood sugars? Can you uh, mobilize patients, help with ADLs, do any of those things that you've been checked off to do independently? Maybe there is a procedure that you want to do, but the nurse is too busy. Can you call your clinical instructor? Maybe they can come put that Foley catheter in with you. I know it's hard, and I I know a lot of students feel like they're teaching themselves. You are having to rely on yourself a lot more than, you know, I did or somebody a couple of years ago did. But think about how resilient and how strong this is making you. And I know it seems overwhelming and I know it seems really unfortunate right now, but the strength and this resilience is going to pay you back when you are that new nurse working with patients for the very first time under your own license. Okay. So think about developing that strength, that resilience. I know it seems hard right now. It will help you in the future. And then lastly, I asked students, is there anything you would like to add that you would share with a new student starting clinicals for the first time? So I'm just going to read some of the responses because I can't paraphrase them any better. And some of them were just solid, solid gold. One student said, be willing to do anything and everything to get that hands-on experience. Not everyone is so fortunate. Be willing to be awkward and uncomfortable because it all is at first. It gets easier with each interaction and you'll be amazed at how much you learn by the last semester. I love that they say get comfortable with being uncomfortable, basically. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward and that's okay. Another student said, do not be afraid to ask questions. You are not expected to know it all, but be mindful of when you ask the questions. 
Do it when it's appropriate and your nurse can give their full attention to you. That is key. You can't expect someone to be able to answer you or give a thoughtful answer when they are in their head doing some complicated problem solving. So just be mindful. Have that situational awareness for when you ask your questions and approach your preceptor. Another student says, take it one moment at a time. Try not to overthink or work yourself up into a worry. You have the skills and knowledge. You just need to bump your confidence to match it all. A plus to that one. I love that one. Another student said, you are going to be nervous. It is difficult to not let yourself freeze up when you don't know how to help. Remember to breathe. Jump in and take advantage of anything. Even if you can't help, observe. I love that, you guys. Even if you can't help, observe. That is going to help you to develop that ability to notice changes in condition. It is absolutely key. Another student writes, Interact with as many patients as you can and learn where things are. It's so helpful when you can run and grab things for a nurse or a patient and feel independent. Also, things don't feel so hard when you're comfortable working with patients. So the more practice, the better. Offer to take vitals, change linens, get them dressed, help with toileting, and do assessments. I've only been a tech for a month now but I know my clinical experience will be so much better this semester because I'm much more comfortable with patients. If you can get a job as a tech or a CNA, you absolutely will get a lot more comfortable working with patients because your time in nursing school with them might be limited. Um, Sometimes students say, I don't know how to talk to patients. And to that, I just say, they're just people. Just talk to them like the regular people. You don't have to talk to them in that stilted, weird way that you see on the videos that you watch. I promise you that, okay? So just go in there and speak to them like they're regular people and you're regular people. I promise you'll feel so much better doing it that way than trying to uh, emulate what you see in those very stilted and awkward instructional videos. And then a couple more. You will never forget your first patient. You will never forget the first time you walked into that room. You'll feel the jitters and be very consumed with going exactly by the book, but it will be the first step towards your career. It will feel very overwhelming, but after that first clinical, you'll feel so proud of yourself. Definitely 1000% agree with this. If you can get that first one, out of the way, it's so much easier to go back and have a second day. I still remember my first patient. Absolutely. And that was how many years ago? Quite a few. So yes, I 100%, 1000% agree with that. And then our last one, you get what you put into your clinical. If you want to learn, you can learn. If you want to fly under the radar to get through it, you can do that too. But if you want to be a good, safe, competent nurse, put in the work, the effort, and the time. 
Okay, you guys, I talked for about 47 minutes about this. So I hope that you found that helpful. I would love to hear from you. Please send me an email. Let me know about your clinical experiences. Okay, my address is on my website. You can easily find that. I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that it helped you to hear about what other students are experiencing so that you feel less alone as a result. Okay. And then next week, we are talking about feeding tubes. So um, nasogastric tubes, gastric tubes, all that stuff. So check back here next week. We'll be diving into some fundamentals. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.